How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the 34th episode of the Zoobcast. I am so excited for this episode. We've plugged it. We're marketing it. It is the first annual Zoobcast Awards, and we are very excited and very pleased to be joined by a special guest who's very experienced in this field, I'd say. Um, Beata Elliott, writer for Silver Seven Sands, experienced podcaster, sends Twitter legend. Beata, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have been hyping this one up. Yes. I, uh, I better be funny today. Yes. I, it seems like there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of anticipation. Yes. So no pressure, but you do have okay. to carry, you do have to carry this episode. If your numbers drop, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Then we're never having you on again. Um, okay. So this is, this is a big test for you. Um, but yes, we're super excited to get into this. We have 15 awards and 16, 16. We'll we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, 16. But we have 15 real awards and uh, we're very excited to get into it. We're just going to rip right through them, um, talk about the winner, the finalists who came close, because uh, these are very important. It's important that people know who win, who won these awards. Like, well, anyway, um, we're going to get going and let us know, please, in either on Twitter or whatever, if you agree, disagree with some of these awards. We're definitely going to try to do this every year. Um, so hope so. Hey, and if we missed an important award category, we could go over that next week because we think we have all the important ones here, but we could all, we're wrong sometimes. So we'll see how that ends up going. But the first Zoobcast award ever is going to be the Michael Koska best hair award. Now, obviously in hockey, hair is very important. Talk about flow lettuce. Um, and Josh, who is the winner for the Michael Costco Best Hair Award? This year's winner, um, it was decided somewhat recently, actually, after scoping through some players' uh, Instagrams. I yes. guess Alex Formanton, our winner, went on vacation recently, and he got some outstanding braids right down his hair. I believe it was braids, right? Yeah, very tight to his head. Looked very good. I don't know if we would have had a winner maybe like two weeks ago, but that Instagram post to me really sealed the deal. Yes. If 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 you haven't seen this yet, I would highly suggest going on Alex Formanton's Instagram and looking through his recent post because, good Lord, what, what did he do to his hair? It was quite horrendous. But, yes. you know, Brady Kachuk did an interview a while ago where he said that his goal is to have the Sens be the only team where nobody wears a helmet in warmups. So True. we've seen a lot of hair. Yes. Like they, they've been showing off for sure. Formanton is one guy who's been no bucket every warmup. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd say it's, I wonder if he would go, I wonder if he would go no bucket with the braids. That would be something. Yes, it definitely would. Um, time will tell, but I, I, it was weird because we were thinking about who's going to win this award. Like, and obviously we name it after Michael Koska who had the best hair in the history of this franchise. And I don't think it's particularly close. Um, well, I don't think we even have this award up if, if Formanton <laughs> doesn't post that picture a couple weeks ago. It's true. The, the only other angle that I was, when I was like debating this with myself, was like, we just re very recently had Sen's hotness discourse 
flying around Twitter. And you say, okay, well, surely hair comes into play there. Who has the hottest hair on the team? I would say like Shabbat's got a good flow. Mm-hmm. He's got nice, he's got nice hair. I know that Colin White definitely would not win this award. That you don't is, think Josh Norris would win? I don't think I don't think Josh Norris would win. Um I don't there could there would be a few. Oh Brady's curls. I don't know. For, yeah, it's, it, it's an acquired taste, I'd say. Brady's curls. It appeals mm-hmm. to some people. I think this was a no-brainer though, Alex Formanton with the braids. That's a, that's a pretty intense statement and and definitely worthy of claiming the first ever Zoobcast award. So congratulations to Alex Formanton on this prestigious honor after a great year, after a really good year. Hopefully he gets paid a little bit, but not too much, but a little bit in the off season. So we will see how that goes for Alex Formanton taking home Zoobcast award number one, the Michael Koska best hair award. Uh, and we will move on to award number two, which Louis, maybe you should cue this one up for us. Yeah, so this is the newly named Anton Forsberg Award for his uh, general, I guess, best helmet uh, wear of the season as per the the great 731 video that we got not too long yes. ago. Yes. So the team just gave him just the general season helmet. So we're going to name him after him. We're going to give this the uh, the most helmets award to, I think it was Loxen's Monster who tallied it throughout the year. And yep. not counting the Gambrelmit which isn't yeah, really a full, a cheat. yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to count that fully as a helmet because I think it doubled uh, a little bit there, but we're going to give it to Tim Stutzlow, who I think had four total helmets throughout the season with yep, Norris, who right. had, I think, three, I guess, yeah. Yes. Toward the end of the season, it was getting kind of ridiculous where after every game you were like, how do you give it to anyone other than Tim Stutzlow? Like, yeah. Sometimes he had it and you were like, man, you should have just kept it. <laughs> yeah exactly or sometimes was, they didn't win and you were like you know what probably good for the helmet standings yes timmy would have just run away with this he would have he was playing very well very well near the end of the year it was kind of like a like a two-horse race between him and forsberg i found and then norris mm-hmm. kind of like snuck up <laughs> and he was like i am also here and i'm also good um but yes the anton forsberg most helmets award goes to tim stutzla who had a fantastic season and unfortunately not the not the most enjoyable world championship for him <laughs> who kind of took a bit of a what was it what was the injury that he had it was the same knee injury yeah that he that's had right in the season i like he was totally injured before that right oh, it was almost like certainly. come on he kept saying in the interviews like oh as long as i don't get injured i'm going but like he was injured he was he wanted to play through that injury i think he just wanted to play with his buddy mo cider really badly yeah well i think he has a lot of buddies on that german he does like i'm pretty sure they're pretty close so like it's it's understandable it is it's it's too bad for him i think it was really lucky that he while he was there i mean dj smith is there and the entire ottawa senators like training staff (laughs) is on team canada so we probably just have to walk a couple doors down to the hotel um and then just get some treatment so that was that's quite lucky but unfortunately for him uh he will not be playing any more games in that tournament but at least he can take some pride in knowing that he wins the Anton Forsberg Most Helmets Award, which I find kind of ironic that it's named after Anton Forsberg mm-hmm. and it's not his award. But that's another, that's like two shout outs in one, really. Like I, mm-hmm. I would take that. That's pretty good. We're all about friendship and inclusivity here. So that's great. Um, but yes, Tim Stutzel wins the Anton Forsberg Most Helmets Award, the second Zoopcast Award handed out today. Uh, we'll go on to number three here. And of course, we're called the Zoobcast. Like you have to name an award after Artem Zub. And when you think of Artem Zub, 
a lot of things come to mind, but I think for us, uh, vibes was the word that we thought mm -hmm. of first. Uh, so Beata, could you please tell us who has won the Artem Zoo Best Vibes Award? So a lot of good candidates for this one. Yes. Um, I think it could have been given to a lot of people, but it had to go to Nick Bolden, who yes. was a, uh, you know, not really super hyped acquisition during the off season. We weren't sure how good he was going to be. He ended up being pretty good, but most importantly, he he had the best vibes. His he was really the star of those helmet videos. Like considering that he only won one, um, he was very noticeable. Like his his win was obviously the most memorable because he did the safety first, but yes. also like just the shots of him like coming off the ice into the dressing room and like making strange noises. It was it was wonderful. He he truly epitomized good vibes in everything he did really like and it's he, also yeah oh sorry it's also oh, fun because he was he is the oldest senator yes and um just hanging out with a bunch of kids which just has it's great vibes it is fantastic vibes he was it, he was like he was a really good acquisition like you kind of got him and you're like okay whatever it's for dad and all. like it's a cap dump like this guy's fine and then you like start seeing him in the in the helmet videos and in the breakaway stuff there was a great one with him and austin watson when they went to the skating trail yeah that one was really really and good we found out that his that brady kachuk babysits his kids yes <laughs> yeah a lot of sen's lore being uh being referenced in in the breakaway videos but yes nick holden was awesome he's just like every time it's like he's yelling or he's smiling or he's like doing something stupid like he really is like a 12 year old in mm -hmm. a 30 something year old's body which is fantastic well I think his his wife said like earlier in the season about how because what he has five kids how she's like yeah I basically have six kids yeah That's how he acts <laughs> exactly. which you could totally see and you got there was a there was a quote earlier where apparently like Brady Kachuk and and Josh Norris like went to Nick Holden's kids hockey game or something it was it was kachuk shabbat and sanderson right who went yes. to the game yeah. and kachuk was uh very enthusiastic about yeah. it apparently they all were but like especially brady yes i can definitely imagine that brady kachuk just at like grand metro arena or something yeah. going absolutely crazy for like a novice game which is fantastic but yes nick holden great vibes all year really um some great i'd say he didn't win the most helmets award but he probably had the most iconic helmet performance with mm -hmm. the uh, O'Doyle rules, safety first uh, speech. I forget what, what game was that. That was like way early on. That was the 8-2 sensing of the Florida Panthers. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. A, a really yeah. fun time all around. Yes, it was. And you think like, speaking of that, did they really think Florida was going to win against Tampa Bay? They lost 8-2 to the Sens. They were not. They did have COVID, but that's still not an excuse. Not an excuse. Not an excuse at all. Um, but yes. Uh, they let Dylan Gambrell score on them twice, he didn't did. they? That's crazy. I think yeah, Dylan, yeah. so I think his only goals were against the, this year were against the Panthers, were they not? Yeah. Dylan Gambrell. That's unreal. Wow. That's just clearly not a cup winning team, honestly. But anyway, maybe they'll figure their, their stuff out over there in South Florida. But congratulations once again to Nick Holden on a fantastic season and a fantastic achievement winning the best vibes award and we will move on to number four which is this is this is an important award because in a season like this it's important to create content for your fans when your team is not going to make the playoffs you need them to stay engaged and the matt spezza best quote award which obviously is referencing the classic legendary country on our backs, country on our backs yeah. tweet which no one will ever forget ever um 
Matt's that's the best quote. There was, you know what? It was, it was, there was a couple of options for this because with the one thing that the Sens, first of all, shout out to the Sens social media team. They did fantastic this year, really. They were unreal the whole year. And they, one thing that I really like that they did is they offered a lot of behind the scenes this year. It was like mic'd up stuff and breakaway. Um, so there was a lot of stuff to look through for great quotes, but the best quote undoubtedly came from a press conference. Everybody's favorite Ottawa Senator, Colin White, referencing his struggles with his shoulder and stating that the most difficult thing for him to do was to wipe his ass with his broken shoulder. And that is the Matt Spezza best quote. What, what a quote that was. I also think we should give an honorable mention to this TSN 1200 Twitter account for creating some quotes that we don't know if they're real or not true like yes. i think of the what was it the the thomas shabbat um it was both ends uh, 24 hours of both yeah, ends yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. at the same time where it's like we have no idea if he said that like no. like there is no proof and even the um josh norris like nick paul has soft hands and bigs again yes. uh, yeah. yeah soft hands and big again no proof he said that but TSN 1200 did write some great fan fiction. Yeah, some some of my favorite moments from this year, just like waking up, it's like a morning skate and you're waiting for the TSN 1200, like Twitter, like just thread to come out because it's like so many in such little time. You're like, Mm -hmm. they're messing something up here, like something funny is going to happen. But yes, a lot of stuff to get through. I think an honorable mention for me was during one of the breakaway videos when I believe Drake Batherson was mic'd up and referencing Tyler Ennis as the best to ever do it that was a classic that has to be mentioned at least just because of how much discussion that generated louis do you think do you have any finalists any other talking points for big quotes that we might have missed those are the big ones eh? i don't know i think you guys touched on all of them already it's just the colin white was just so iconic it is just because like colin white is such a lovable meme on this team and of course he'd be the one talking about this and not only just talking about how he had struggles with it but how he would have to help pinto who he was living with yes <laughs> with, yes uh, that, that honestly much. that doesn't get talked enough as one of the more underrated sense houses like everybody oh, totally. knows yeah like everyone knows like the, the stutzla norris like kachuk one like yeah sure and then there's like the jbd shabbat one which was kind of yeah. funny and well then- it's more like you know shabbat having like kids in his house right and basically like mentoring them you know different vibes but then when you talk about colin white and shane pinto is colin white mentoring shane pinto (laughs) like are we really sure that's how the relationship is working there i think that would have been just such a funny place to be dishes like all over the place like they haven't taken the trash out in weeks but they got by they survived the year so you got to give them kudos I miss mm-hmm. the memes of the Colin White and Shane Pinto house versus Thomas Shabbat JBD house. Those yes. were just top yes. tier. Yes, those were quite good. I wonder if they'll that'll be the same arrangement next year, possibly, if JBD gets called up. But time will tell. Um, Do we know if Lassie Thompson, like who he was living with? Because I, in my yeah. head, I was just like, oh, all the baby defensemen are living with Thomas Shabbat. And yes. like, because <laughs> JBD and Thompson were like rotating, I was like, surely Thompson is taking like JBD's room, right? But we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe he was yeah. out on his own, Lassie Thompson, just decided to get a place. Seems like an independent oh, guy. But yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll find out in due time next, next time around when there's interviews. But that is some good lore to consider. It's true. Uh, so yes, that is the Matt Spezza best quote Zoobcast award going to Colin White for the 
ass wiping shoulder injury quotation, which is a classic. Um, and now I believe the next award is, so this one took a lot of math and I'm not good at math. <laughs> I let Louis do all the work. So he will explain the fifth Zoobcast award. So at number five, we have dubbed after the great Slens legend, Eric Condra, uh, for most missed open nets or just general chances. So originally when we were debating this, we weren't really sure because we did, there wasn't like a big contender jumping out. And we were thinking, well, Formanton misses a lot of breakaways, but he still got like, how many goals did he get? He still got a decent amount this year. Yeah. Um, I, at least like 10 or 15. For yeah, exactly. So what we decided to do is look for the players who most underperformed in terms of goals above expected relative to how good they are usually in terms of shooting percentage. So that translates to a stat called goals above shooting talent and by far last on the team. And we've talked about his uh, underscoring last podcast when we were going over our over-unders is Connor Brown at minus 5.5 goals under shooting talent, I guess. There you go. That. Yep, that's not shocking. I don't think it was. It was pretty fun when Connor Brown had that like eight game stretch like last year where he just scored constantly, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's a beast! Like he's gonna score thirty goals next year." <laughs> and like, what? Yeah, we were doing the overrunners. What did he? What did he score? Did he score ten? He scored ten, and we were like, "Oh, easily over 20, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's Connor Brown pulling a classic Connor Brown right there. We were we were thinking about you know who else could we consider for this award alex formanton yeah obviously as louis said just because of how many breakaways he didn't score on which was like a lot of breakaways but if there was an award named after ryan dezingle i think alex formanton would definitely win it yeah formanton and connor brown as a uh, penalty killing unit was painful sometimes yep. like it was, it was great yeah. because they would always have the puck they would be in the offensive zone that's what you want on a penalty kill but you really could not get excited about those chances. No, I, I think near the end of the year, everybody, you know, you're scrolling Twitter, you're in the game. And they're like, oh yeah, Connor Brown went on a break away. I like left the room. Like I didn't even bother watching. <laughs> they had like three two-on-ones per like penalty killing shift and they would hit the net on maybe one. It was ridiculous. Like you'd listen to the commentators. Like it was like, you know, it's like Gord Miller and Mike Johnson are doing the game. And then Mike Johnson's like, they're like Alex Formanton's speed is like so good. Like these guys are like crazy on the penalty kill, and they're like uh, like applauding them and they're like praising them. And all the sense fans are like, score once. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. Like come on. So it's all about perspective, I guess. But yes, that was a Louis special on giving Connor Brown the Eric Condra Zubcast award for most missed nets or missed chances. I wonder if he'll repeat next year, Connor Brown. He's definitely a candidate to repeat that i'd say pretty strong let's chance hope not <laughs> let's hope not i agree with that uh josh you want to queue up our our next award here great great award great name we have the, the worst play award named after the um is sorry it is the chris phillips award for the worst play named of course after the um stanley cup winning goal that yeah put in uh against ray emery on his own net yep and the winner, which, you know, I love to talk about this guy, is Josh Brown with his uh, pinches off of the defensive zone draws and even the new, uh, center ice draws that result in, like, automatic two or three-on-ones in front of the net and thus every Usually time result in the goal against. Yeah. 
uh, always hung out either brainstorm or mete to dry. Um, that is quite to me. I don't know if you guys agree. I think that is easily the winner. Yeah, I think the only other thing that we were considering is we were like thinking of how can you pinpoint this in the in a season as the one we just had. How are you going to narrow it down to one play? Like there's a lot of options, and we're thinking who's most likely to be responsible for this? Josh Brown, yeah. I'm thinking maybe Zaitsev, but Louis Louis pushed a lot for for Chris Tierney. Hey, eh, Lewis, you, yes. you pushed a lot for him. Oh my God. When he just collapsed into the boards when they were playing against the Islanders, he just fully accepted the fall, went right into the boards and just laid there for a solid two <laughs> seconds as if his life had ended. Yes, <laughs> that was definitely up there. We were so dramatic. Right it's true. I would say that Tierney also had probably the weirdest play. That's That was a good play, but that time that Tierney like ripped that puck bar down um, yeah. sometime in like March or whatever, yes. like that, I, I still can't get over the fact that, that happened. And then the Sens didn't score a goal for like two more games. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was bizarre. <laughs> he just, he, he hadn't scored in like so long. Like he did like the classic, this was like a classic Chris Tierney season where mm -hmm. he scores like four goals in the first week. All, all of them are body. not, yeah. All of them are like not real goals. Like they're, you can give him credit for it, but it were not real goals. And then he's like on fire. Like, look at this guy, like leading the team in goals and points. Just decides that's enough for me and doesn't score for like multiple months. Two seasons <laughs> and, in a row now eh, that he does that. Yeah. He did it last year too. Yeah, exactly. What a guy. What a player. Yeah, what a player. And then he I'll just rips him. it. He rips it. Yeah. He, yeah, I'll miss him. I'll miss him. Chris Tierney provided us with a lot of content. You can't deny so it. So much. Uh, top 40 in sense history and points. Never forget. Yeah. We, Every episode. We like to flaunt that statistic because it is important to people know that. But yes, uh, Chris Tierney is unfortunately the runner up for this award because yeah, mm -hmm. Josh Brown. I remember the first. So Louis, we were debating this. When was the first time he did this? I think it was the Minnesota game at the beginning of the year where he, it was like, that's when, because I remember being so shocked because it was the first time I ever saw it. Defensive zone draw. They win it to the point. There's a winger who just, stays there and josh brown just rips right to the point doesn't even come close to blocking a shot or getting the puck away and then they just put it in front like oh there's capri's off and there's a goal and the thing is he like keeps going yeah i know he keep, totally keeps going there's no stopping him he was he could have won fast a skater if he kept skating he did that in the all-star game should have sent who, him who was it against that he did it at center ice was it chicago right it was yes. chicago yes yes chicago. yeah and then there was a goal like right after that yes yeah, because because it was so. center ice because Chicago had just scored. He just charges off the center ice draw like if they need a goal to tie it. Yeah, and then they yeah, and Chicago scored again. Yeah. yeah, with him on the ice, I think. Yep, that's uh that's a yeah. classic Josh Brown. Hey, but hey, he won an award for it, so it's all <laughs> okay in the end. Josh Brown is the big winner of the Chris Phillips Worst Play Award, so congratulations to Josh Brown. And we will move on. Uh, obviously, this one kind of goes with the Best Vibes Award in a way. Um, because I think this action is pretty, you know, intertwined with having good vibes. So, Beata, why don't you queue up the seventh Zoopcast Award for us here? So, this, the seventh award is the Anders Nilsson Award for the most frequent hugger. Yes. Um, which, obviously, a lot of competition for this one. Yes, definitely. We saw many hugs. Um and we gave an honorable mention to Josh Norris. Correct. I would say I would also add Tim Stutzla. Like definitely lots of hugs. There was yes. that great one where Norris was in a non-contact jersey and they posted like, 
um hugs don't count as as contact yeah yeah it was great was Tim Stutzler loves his like his iconic like jumping up yes. at players like he, he can, said. He, yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy this guy could figure skate like he, he can really jump into the air when Definitely. he's hugging people um but anyways despite those those great honorable mentions we did decide to give this one to Thomas Shabbat who just like I don't know. He just always seems to have his arms around other players. Like yes. there were lots of different types of hugs. There was like, I think the Batherson mic'd up video, there was just a really funny moment where like Batherson scored and Shabbat just kind of went up to him and she's like, great play, great play, buddy. And like yeah. just, just randomly <laughs> wrapped his arms around him. And I, I love that clip. I'm just like, this is, this is so wholesome. Yes. Right. And there was just, there was a lot of that with Shabbat, I think. It's true. I think for me, I was thinking about this the other day is we, so we go back to November and the Sens, the whole team has COVID. And I found myself thinking after this, like, like the season's ended and you're like, okay, a couple teams had like, why did the Sens get an outbreak? But like some other teams didn't. Like, what did the Sens do differently? And I think I've decided that they literally hugged so much and were in constant close proximity with each other just from hugs that it was just so transmissible from that. Like other teams just didn't hug enough. So they just didn't pass it to each other that's why I, I mean, stopped at like two or three we see them hug in practice yeah like, totally obviously. did you guys see that that clip from like the last game of the season where it looks like well okay shabbat definitely ignores like a kiss on the cheek or something oh, yes. and it, it, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's an angle where it looks like they're just fully making out it's yes, great definitely um yes i did see that that was a class that about sums it up i think that mm-hmm. that's probably what ices it uh for shabbat getting most frequent hugger and you know what like shabbat does he needed an award here like he deserved mm-hmm. this award but we, he, he deserved an award like he needed an award he um, had a good season he had a great season and he's had he's playing well for canada right now at the championship he's a captain, he's a captain. Mm-hmm. i think trey batherson by the way honorable mention just one player of the game in their game today against france he did i was watching yeah, yeah. Nice. so that'll be exciting who do they play they play in the quarters soon canada um i was looking playing at this Sweden. They're yeah, playing Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, Slovakia, Switzerland is the other one in that group. They're actually yes. below Germany in the standings. I just checked. Germany's doing really well, but of course, I'm not even. I don't care about Germany that much anymore. Yeah, exactly, there, so. exactly. I wonder if he's. Do you think he went home, Stutzla, or is he still there? He said that he was going to Germany for the off season. So okay. I'm. I kind of figured that he would just go from Finland straight to Germany. That would make went, sense. He went to Ottawa for a little bit. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Point is, we probably won't see. Timmy around for a while, which is too bad, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Uh, but yes, to recap, Thomas Shabbat is the first ever winner of the Anders Nilsson Most Frequent Hugger Award. So congratulations to Thomas Shabbat. And we will move on to the eighth award. This is, I'm, I like this award. I'm, I'm excited for this award because it's giving a shout out to people who maybe don't get the attention all the time and they deserve a little bit of recognition. So this is the Oscar Lindbergh Award for the most forgettable regular-ish player. I know that's a very decisive wording on that award, but for those of you who don't remember, Oscar Lindbergh was acquired as part of the Mark Stone trade uh, way back, back in the day. He played like 20 games and then disappeared forever. He was fine. He was, he was fine. He was okay. He was fine, but nobody, no one remembers Oscar Lindbergh. He was like, he just existed for a while. No, we remember yeah. Tobias Lindbergh. The, the we, remember, yes. Lindbergh. <laughs> we remember Tobias Lindbergh. I, I uh, actually had forgotten about that. I think of the trade as like Eric Branstrom in a second yes, that turned exactly. into Igor Sokolov. Exactly. And, yeah, but, but, but Oscar Lindbergh was there and he deserves to be recognized. And so in his honor, 
who is the most forgettable regular-ish player? Well, there's a bunch of non-regulars. Me and Louis talked about this word for a while because there's a bunch of non quote unquote non-regulars who could have won the award as most forgettable player to play a game this year. For example, Andrew Agazino played a game this year for the Ottawa Senators. I bet a lot of people didn't know or remember that. Um, I believe Clark Bishop played a couple games and then disappeared into the void of Belleville for a bit. But the most forgettable regular-ish player award goes to Dylan Gambrell for just existing all the time on the roster and somehow playing all of these games. Like, yeah, he played almost every game after he got acquired, like pretty much. He played like 60-ish games with us this year, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was out of the lineup very frequently. Um, And he brought us the Gambrell mitt. So that, I believe, deserves some recognition. So, I mean, yeah, Dylan Gambrell wins most forgettable regular-ish player. Do you think there were other regular-ish players who should have been considered for this? it had to be him. Yeah. Like, it's actually Mm -hmm. incredible how many times the Sens account would like post a picture of Dylan Gambrell yeah. and I would be like wait who is that that's like yeah. the one Sens player I don't recognize and like it would keep happening yes. and it, it was always Dylan Gambrell and like everyone else kept saying that too where they were like who is this random guy <laughs> yes. it's always Dylan Gambrell it was so funny it was um and like I, I probably still would not recognize him on the street even no. though there were like probably 10 times this season where I was like wait I have to figure out who this player is and it, it was him it was kind of outstanding how many times they posted him like it was Mm -hmm. insane like I think they were doing it on purpose where they're like let's post this guy maybe people will start to know who he is if we just constantly feed him to our followers like he got a decent amount of votes in the Sens hotness ranking like a few people the the people who remembered what he looked like were like you know what he's kind of nice with it he is kind of nice with it I think he's a decent looking guy I don't I still agree I don't think I'd recognize him on the street if he passed me but He's got like, I kind of think he looks a little bit like Shane Pinto in a, in a way I might be, I just might be stupid, but anyway, well, uh, I, I've already forgotten what he looks like. There so you go. I exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So yes, that. Dylan Gambrell with his great looks wins the Oscar Lindbergh most forgettable regular-ish player award. Uh, then the eighth, the eighth award of the suitcast episode. Um, so congratulations to Dylan Gambrell. And we will move on to number nine, which was the, this is a classic. Louis, this is a this is a great award to, for mm-hmm. you to queue up here. Aptly dabbed the uh, Evgeny Dadanov Award for his incredible <laughs> service to the league when he, uh, I won't say fully engineered that comeback last year, but he had basically the biggest part to play in it. Um, he finished yeah. it off. He f- yeah. finished it off. He finished yeah. it off. He made it possible late in a super dramatic fashion. Anyway, so the Evgeny Dadanov Award for best sensing, which... It would be a little bit more of a team award usually, but we're going to give it to Josh Norris, who was pretty much the main character in the January, I think, game against the Oilers. Sure. Where they were maybe they, they were down three one. February because they like didn't play in January. That's true. They did have like yeah, two weeks of it just probably nothing. Is. Anyway, very true. Winter. Anyway, winter. Yes. So they were down like three one going into the third. And then just decided to just score like five goals in the third. Like it's absolutely nothing. Artem Zub <laughs> scores to take the lead late. Um, Josh Norris scores on a power play to, I think, retake the lead. And that was with the the Gambrel mitt, of course. Yep. Another iconic moment. And yeah, it was just, it completely just destroyed Connor McDavid's morale. 
and yes <laughs> he, he's just that's what it feels like to get sensed he didn't get to experience that last year when they went mm-hmm. 0 9 against edmonton so that's true he finally it, got a little bit of that feeling i think the bet yeah like the bet like the game is cool and like you score five goals in the third and that's fun but the bet, like the people were so happy when they saw the Oilers press conferences after that game because the oilers were in the middle of like a terrible losing streak i think in that oh and they were like this is the game where we can get back on track yeah. like we need to win this uh, yeah. yeah people were reading that before the game and they're like oh you do not understand what is about to happen to your team right now uh but yeah man josh norris goes off gets the gamber on it imagine being an edmonton fan and seeing that like how does josh norris just score like they they definitely don't know who dylan gambrell is over there in edmonton so they're like who is this guy he just uses helmet to score zub goal obviously that's clutch Everyone's yeah, like, like crying, laughing on the bench during that goal too. Yeah. Like I remember the players talking about that. Like that was so funny. That's like so, so disrespectful in the best way. And the Oilers are there just having the worst time of their life. <laughs> and then Connor McDavid's just like looking into the void in the press conference after the game. Like, I don't want to be here at all. So that is exactly what it is like to be sensed. And congratulations to Josh Norris on winning the award for best sensing. So moving on to the 10th award, we're almost there, bear with us. Um, Despite already winning an award in this show, Connor Brown is so important that he has another award named after him. Um, So this is the Connor Brown Best Headshot Award, named after one of the most important, incredible Senators memes probably in franchise history i'd say like i i would go as far as it's definitely up there uh beata why don't you talk us through the uh the finalists and the winner of the connor brown best headshot award so we actually struggled with this one yes because you know any hockey team any nhl team headshots there are always going to be like at least half of them are going to be hilarious right like they're all so bad nhl players are so bad at pe- posing for headshots and they're yes. always hilarious last year's sense headshots were incredible yes however we looked through this year's headshots and they were all weirdly normal like yeah. i don't know what happened to this team this year they just got like maybe an amazing photographer. I don't know if you are the photographer who made, like we should track down the photographer who like yeah, made these seriously. headshots because like, wow, amazing. Um, so we really couldn't find a lot of players that had great headshots, but we wanted to keep the award and we decided to give this to Pierre Maguire because his headshot was actually the only proof we have that he was actually there. I guess it was that in the fist bump and that was it. That and the fist bump. Yeah, I agree. This was uh, this was a tough one. We were it was it was freakish how un like just so normal they were. All of them had nothing wrong with them. We we're looking through, we we're trying to like nitpick, like, is this one okay? Like, oh that one looks like, fine. No one's making a funny face, no, no one, one has bad hair. Like Yeah, it looked it was fantastic. They really I think they learned their like they were so traumatized from last year. Like they were like Connor Brown was like, I am not screwing this up. Like, I am not having this happen again. Like, he's going in. He's got, he probably got, like, a haircut, nice makeup done. He looked good. You know, yeah, maybe have... it was Brady. Maybe Brady was, like, guys, we, we got to be a, a, a good-looking, like, sharp-dressed team. We're going to show up, and we're going to have great headshots. Yes, exactly. He was playing a big a big leadership uh, role um, on the ice and in the headshot room. So that's important. But, yes, Pierre Maguire wins this award because – 
Uh, obviously, he was fired recently, and nobody really understood what his contribution was to the team in the first place. Uh, but by, of course, as Beata said, proof of the headshot, he was there, he existed, and he was part of the team. So congratulations to Pierre Maguire uh, on probably the only award he will win with the Sens, I'd say. And it's an important one, though. It's a good one to win. It's the mm -hmm. Connor Brown Best Headshot Award, and it's going to Pierre Maguire. Now, Josh, you're going to tell us the next award, but you also have some very yes. important lore to share. Very important here. developments here. Um, our first ever award was Best Hair, and Alex Formington won. We didn't really have any close runner-ups. However, it has come to my attention um, by an account on Twitter called Ott underscore Sense page. They post a picture of Batherson receiving, I believe, player of the game today against France, and it appears he has a mullet. Um, He's been growing out his hair. Yeah, it, it's yeah, been good lately. Might, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a mullet, but in the picture, it looks like one. So we're gonna call it one. And yeah, you know what? I think that would put him up against Formington, like for best hair. It's up there. I don't know. Like, can we switch an award mid mid show? The, the Formington hair is temporary, but the Batherson mullet, like, that's not a temporary thing. That's but we don't. You, maybe it is though. You don't know. Maybe he, I know, but I mean, like the Formington thing was probably a day thing. You know what I mean? Whereas this is, you know, he's been growing it out. Well, I don't know. Um, I just so imagine if this happened in the Oscars where someone wins an award and then you're like, <laughs> wait a sec, like 20 minutes later, actually, this new movie just came out, which is way better than yours. So we're going to take it away from you and give it to this other guy. I don't know if we could do that. Um, I'm sure Alex Ford. We just didn't do our research, clearly. No, it, yeah. it's not that the mo new movie came out. It's that we just watched the other movie, like <laughs> right. while the awards exactly. were happening, yeah. right? It was our fault for not watching it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this, yeah, this award show has gone pretty much exactly how I thought it was going to go. But, uh, but yeah, you know what? Whatever. If Alex Formerton tells us he would like to give the award to Big Drake Batherson, we can make it happen. We'll leave it up to him. Uh, yes. But Josh, why don't you why don't you give us uh, the next award on the list here? Yes, the next award is the Gary Roberts Award. Uh, Gary Roberts, he, for his career, he wasn't like, like his entire regular season career wasn't great against the Sens, but he seemed to turn it on uh, in the playoffs against them. So this award is for the Sens killer, as in the best player against the Sens. Now, when we were thinking about this, uh, originally I said any rookie who hasn't scored an NHL goal yet uh, should be, you know, the, the winner. Yes. But we also, we thought about it a little longer and the winner ended up being a single player, and it was Nick Schmaltz for his ungodly performance against the Sens that also ended Matt Murray's season, I guess. Yeah. Um, right, and tanked his save percentage. So that is our winner, and I think, you know, if we're just going with one player, it's by far the winner. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think he takes this award quite literally because he's quite literally a Sens killer. Like, Matt Murray's out for the year after that they he literally took him out he, that was just that was it so he is a sense killer and it was funny because nick schmaltz like starts that like first of all what was that game like nine two or something like six, or, six something? or something yeah it was close until no, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah until in the end there but nick schmaltz he, what, he had like seven points and then like the next game he played st louis and also got like five points and then the NHL posted this graphic, like, Nick Schmaltz has, like, 16 First points. In <laughs> and you're like, what? All he needed to do was play the Sens one time. And then he also, he also played the Sens the week after, and then got another goal and assist. Yeah, exactly. So. And the Coyotes at that point were, like, destroying teams while putting up, like, 15 shots in a game, too. It was, <laughs> yeah. they, they were, they Sens the Sens. They Sens the Sens. It's hard to, to do give, that. You have to give respect where it's due. And I think the better 
part is they also played the Leafs shortly after that and beat the Leafs on some stupid goals like that were just like ridiculous. And the Leafs fans are like, how did we just lose to Arizona? I'm like, oh, buddy, been there, done that. Like, come on. They're just too powerful. But yeah, Nick Schmaltz is the Sens killer. And I think originally I kind of thought this award was going to be like, oh, I'll just give it to like Matthews or something. Like he always scores against the Sens. But it is way funnier to say that Nick Schmaltz beat out Austin Matthews for an award than to just give austin matthews the award did matthews score on the sends this year though because i was about to say he was nowhere near as dominant as he usually is yeah like i I know they held him off in that like six nothing like embarrassment yeah and then i I think they went a while without like keeping him off the score sheet i don't know if it was the whole season i'm doing research right now i'll have the answer to you this season against these senators matthews only played two games and he had goals one assist Wow, huge. That's massive. He had six shots in two games, which is probably below his average. So they held him. Well, he also played twenty decline, over twenty-two <laughs> minutes a game against them too. So well, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely on. He's People definitely are calling on him the best player in the world. Come on. Yeah, he can't even score against the Sens. That is embarrassing. That's just awful. But uh, yeah, he is on the decline, and that's why he didn't win this award. And Nick Schmaltz did, who deserved it for sensing the sense. Nick Schmaltz is better than Austin Matthews. Yep, you heard it here first. He's going to have to learn from him when he joins Arizona, you know? It's true. At least he'll have a good mentor there. That's (laughs) going to be big for him. Uh, But yes, congratulations, Nick Schmaltz. It's always weird giving out awards to players not on the sense, but when you sense the sense, you deserve an award for it, and I have no problem giving Mm -hmm. that out. Um, So our next award, now this this award also goes to a player not on the sense, but I think... It's also an acceptable situation because this is the Brady Kachuk Friendship Tour Award for the best altercation from an opposing player with Brady Kachuk. Um, obviously, Brady in the news for being absolutely unhinged and hilarious at his brother's playoff games, which is awesome. And if you say it's not awesome, I think you're incorrect personally, but we'll leave it at that. And Brady Kachuk is no stranger to being friends with people because he's done that for years now where he will go around, talk, chill out, and maybe throw a few punches, say a few words. And this year, there was a couple, you know, like like there was a couple of instances where he got into it or like a scrum or something or he was chirping. But to me, it's not close what won this award. And that is the Brendan Lemieux bite which happened quite early and then the penalty box meme yeah bites sorry true and then Mm -hmm. the penalty box there were two and the penalty box uh pictures cursed images that ensued after of brady the the press conference after and the yeah yeah, and the press conference after and i think an underrated part of this is i forget who did it uh, but someone on twitter made a cameo with Gilbert Gottfried yes. reading the entire or most of the uh, the uh, the press conference there of Brady Kachuk calling out Lumia, which was hilarious. That was fantastic. Um, but yeah, this was. Do you think there was any other challenger for this? Like, I I think this is a pretty clear cut winner. Personally, I think this was my favorite moment of the entire season. Yeah, it's up there. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't get enough love because it happened like really early and people kind of forget about it now. But I don't remember I anything else from that game yeah. except for Del Zotto scored, I think. And I don't even remember the final <laughs> score at all. I remember that the Sens lost, but it was by one goal. And I was yes. really hoping that they would score on the penalty that 
Namir got for biting Brady yes. or that Brady would like jump out of the box after his five minute major and score and it didn't happen which was really disappointing you can only have too much of a good thing um, it was but- also like at the tail end of the sense COVID outbreak and mm-hmm. this game I just checked made their record go to 4 14 and 1 so that's part of why people like it's not very memorable but like it was it- in like the worst stretch of the year it's memorable because Brady went on a goal scoring tear immediately after getting bitten and then like they had the Vancouver game that was really bad right after that but then after that they had a winning streak so like it maybe took a while for the the effects of the bite to you know to set in but like that was kind of a turning point of the season I'd say so I would say I mean not in the crystals because that was around the same time yes that in the crystals as well um that was just kind of like an overload of like mystical forces helping the Sens in those in those few weeks but yeah Brandon Lemieux uh bites Brady Kachuk in a scrum Brady's not too happy about it the funniest I think out of all like all the memes and pictures this year the funniest picture is the one of Brady Kachuk in the penalty yep. box like it has to be like I don't even know how to explain he's like he looks, he looks like not even human the way that he's like moving he's like so flabbergasted he's like all over the place uh I would also react like that if someone bit me more than once so respect uh congratulations if someone only bit you once you'd be fine is that what we're saying one bite one bite you're like hey stop that but two <laughs> bites you turn into an animal um Brett also shout out to the department of player safety video that was also like the, <laughs> yeah. there was so much content in this bite like it was yeah. it was so good someone had to sit and record them like speaking over that and saying those exact words which was hilarious um, and it's all because Brady Kachuk is bitten by Brendan Lemieux, which wins Lemieux the Brady Kachuk Friendship Tour Award for the best opposing altercation with Brady Kachuk. I'm sure there will be many installments of this award to come in future years. You can't, you got to imagine that's going to keep going. Um, but anyway, we will go to the next award, which Beata, maybe you could queue up for us. So this one, this is actually the only one where you guys had not only the same award as the Samelnik in life, but you named it the same one and you almost gave it to the same player we had last year. I wow. will be suing. Um, Fair. I, I didn't mention it uh, um, before, <laughs> but uh, this is, a, to be fair, I don't know if we're going to do a Melican Awards this year because the po- podcast has been on hiatus. So whatever, I'll give point. this one. To we you also guys. just took pretty much all of the content that you could use for awards. And That's okay. It. We, we can come up with other stuff. It's fair. <laughs> um, anyways, this is the Zdeno Chara Award for the best former senator. And last year, Poppy and I gave this to Mika Zibanejad, um, which you guys almost did. And he had a great season. Um, honorable mention as well to Matt Duchesne, who is, yeah. is not particularly well-liked uh, by Sens fans these, no. these days. But he had not a totally. pretty good season. Um, but this one had to go to Nick Paul. Like he ha- he spent a very short amount of time as a former senator, and man, he was great. He was. I I think it's this award really emphasizes quality and not quantity mm-hmm. because easy to give it to Sabanajad, who's like been a former sen for like five years and he's like had consistently good seasons. Or you could give it to Nick Paul, who first of all does it all, and second of all, single handedly eliminated the biggest rival team from the playoffs so i don't think like he sends the leafs while not being on the sends the sends like was like contagious like he brought it with him to tampa bay and then used it for the forces of good against the forces of evil and so for that i think this was this was pretty clear cut hey guys like for for former sen 
Like, I don't think you could have given this to anybody else. What were the other options? Louis, did we have other options besides Savannah? Cody CC? Yeah, Cody CC. Yeah, true. true. He, he's been good lately, yeah. I hear. You know what? You know what? A decent year that, I mean, like, doesn't deserve to win, but had a kind of a redemption year was Eric Carlson, other than when he was injured. Like, he played well. Yep. Deserved Might be on his way out, but still. He's been linked to, there's been some weird, like, mock trades with Carlson going to the Sens lately. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Maybe they, if that happened, I think people would be happy. I don't think it's going to happen, but that could be a, a pretty interesting I reunion. Like, I feel like there are more complicated feelings with Carlson than with other players. I like, agree. Not necessarily like, I like, I don't have complicated feelings about Carlson. I'd love to have him back, but I yes. think like, I don't know, there was some off ice stuff. He was generally not very nice to people <laughs> a yeah, lot of the times, you know, I like I, I think a lot of people have kind of like moved on. Whereas like, you know, if Mark Stone wanted to come back, I feel like there might be more universal uh, yes. happiness. And right? if, if Nick Ball wanted to come back, oh, I, don't man. Think, I don't think anyone's saying no. He'd get a hero's he, welcome. He brought us Metro Joseph and like a fourth round pick, yes. sends mm. the beliefs and then just like came back. Yeah. yeah, that's like he did his tour of duty there and now he's back to the homeland so he's gonna was... get paid so much this offseason like <laughs> yeah, he, he he's been leading like the lightning forwards in in time on ice recently for a few other games against florida and yeah. obviously in pk time too so his line was straight up the only good line for most of yeah, the like totally Toronto Tampa series he like john cooper said something the other day like someone asked him about nick paul and he's like we did not think Nick Paul was going to come in and be this good. <laughs> and I was like, but yeah. all Sens fans knew that. We yeah, were all exactly. sitting here like, yeah, we knew he had this in him. Like, sure, it didn't show up on the score sheet. But, like, if you watch him, you know that, like, he has the ability. We knew that he was going to have a great playoff moment one day, yes. right? Absolutely. That's uh, This was a well-deserved award for Nick Paul, the Zidane Chara apparently stealing from American Life, the Zidane Chara best former center. We'll, uh, you know what? We'll get our lawyers. We can take the lawsuit. It's only one on our plate right now, so we'll find the time. Um, so to end it off here, we have a couple of specialty awards. Uh, Louis is going to go first, then I'm going to go, and then we'll see what Josh does for the 16th award, but that will be remain to be seen. But Louis, why don't you uh, give us the 14th Zoopcast award? Oh, so my favorite award to give out, uh, the Angus Crookshank Award for my personal favorite prospect of the year. Unfortunately, I can't give it to Angus because he didn't play a single game this entire season. Big sad. Um, Big sad. So I had to scramble and try to find someone else. Um, and I think, like, it was a weird year because you didn't have the usual, oh, my God, this guy's joining us at the end of this year or at or next year and that, like, just came out of the draft and stuff. Like, we had just Tyler Boucher discourse the entire season. Yes. <laughs> and that was almost it. So it was it was maybe not fully depressing in that aspect, but it was like bleak compared to what we've had in previous years. So just looking around, like this might be a little bit of recency bias too, but Victor Lodine has been such a nice surprise this year. Like there was a stretch in, I think it almost coincided with like our really awful November run where Lodine was just every other day getting like retweeted by Pavel Barber for some yeah. nuts thing where he'd just spin a off a guy, get the puck on his blade, flip it over someone, then almost one hand the puck in. He was absolutely crazy. And then he joined Belleville, didn't score for a few games, then scored like five straight to get into the playoffs. And obviously didn't end super well, but he was great. Like he had, I think, adjusting his production, it was like around like 30, 35 point season um adjusting to nhl standards so who knows could be a nice player in the bottom six in the future i agree and i think 
it it's really funny that Victor Lodine is good now because at the time that he was drafted, like I remember like he was like a fourth round pick. It was like whatever, it's a fourth round pick. And people on Twitter were like, this guy should not have even gone in the draft. Like I didn't even think he was gonna get drafted at all. And then it turned into like everyone's like, I can't believe the Sens picked this guy. Like he's awful. And then he just turns into a beast. Like, he's like he was on like the worst SHL team, I think, this year and was like their best player and was like gross. And then comes to Belleville. And like scores a bunch. He's like gross. I think Victor Lodine is going to be the captain in a few years after Kachuk leaves. Oh, which team? Sorry. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Way offside. I, I think it would just be so epic if he turned out to be good. Like I, it's him and Tyler Boucher that I'm. I like. I, I have no opinion on Tyler Boucher except like I'm rooting for him because it would be hilarious if he yes. ended up being good. Same with Victor Lodine. I, I like Victor Lodine a lot, but yes. um, I, I just think it's it's really funny that the Sens keep doing this. The Sens have a lot of, and they picked a few guys in the previous draft besides Boucher who were kind of lauded as like, you shouldn't have picked this guy here mm-hmm. or at all. So like, for example, if like Ben Roger becomes good, that would be really funny in my opinion. Like he was just, I believe one the, the thing that we found about Ben Rogers, they picked him in the second round and he was projected by Bob McKenzie as the 289th ranked prospect, which would be not in the range of the entire draft. <laughs> and they picked him in the second round. So we will see what happens with, with Ben Roger. But yes, this is a, a very good choice from Louis here on Victor Lodine for the Angus Crookshank Award for Louis's favorite prospect. Maybe Angus will win it one year, Louis. Maybe. You can dream. Graduate by next year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, he never he he never does win it because he's you know a first liner by the end of next year. Of course, that's what we're that's what's in the plans. So we'll see. Um, this is my favorite award, and this next one here is the Tom Pyatt Award for my favorite depth player. And obviously, for those who don't know, when Tom Pyatt was on the Sens, he got a bad rap. Some people didn't like Tom Pyatt. They were like, "Oh, he's so useless." just Boucher's pet. He's just there and he sucks. And look at all those coursey sucks and everything sucks. But I've always been a Tom Pyatt Hive stand member. I love Tom Pyatt. I, every time I got so excited when he touched the puck, he scored like a shootout winner against the Leafs. And that was like the best moment of my life. That was like redemption. Like, yeah, give, give Tom Pyatt some respect. And so Tom Pyatt, this award is named after Tom Pyatt's for my favorite depth player. There were a few options this year. Uh, I will say I had a tough time deciding who was going to win this award. I'm going to start with the honorable mentions. Mark Kastelik gets an honorable mention for destroying the Habs that one time where he like turns around and scores his first NHL goal. And then before realizing he scores, he just fights Pizzetta, just destroys him, goes to the box like, oh yeah, you scored. And then just to top it all off, he scored again in that game. So that was a good single game sensing by Mark Kastelik, who also had a good year. He was solid. So honorable mention, Mark Kastelik. Uh, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Chris Tierney because we give him too much hate and he scored with every part of his body. So that has to count for something. Honorable Contact mention, Chris Tierney. God, Chris Tierney. Yes, of course. Honorable mention to Austin Watson for good vibes and also scoring like half of his goals in two weeks against Detroit. That was like such a weird thing that happened. He was like, he, he, it was like, because they played Detroit at the beginning of a month. And then there was a stat that's like, 
Austin Watson is like leading the league in goals. This he started year. with Matthews. Yeah, he started with Matthews. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. So he, you're he like, he was the better Austin in Ontario. It's true. He was for a while. Once, still is. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yes, those are my honorable mentions. But I think I'm gonna have to give this award to the best to ever do it, in Tyler Ennis. He was my favorite deaf player this year. I he got a bad rap from DJ for a little bit because he scratched him for like doing his like weird little corner skitter bug maneuver thing and just losing the puck, which like fair enough, but it looked pretty fun and he looked cool and he scored and he gave us good content and he was small. So all of these count for things that are important in a, my favorite deaf player. And I think the winner unanimously is Tyler Ennis. Would you have picked anyone else? Would you guys have picked anyone else for best depth player? Him. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Godette gave us good content just because of the crystals. It's like, true. His yeah. wife's one tweet before she went private for the rest of the season because I think <laughs> yeah. people were memeing it too hard. Yes. Like that That was really a great moment in that season. Yes, I agree. I um, can't believe we scratched Ennis multiple times at the end. I know. Of this that's Looking ridiculous. back on it, that's awful. And you know what the, the funny thing is too is like when Dorian did his, cro- his conference there like at the end of the year, He's like, we're not bringing back Chris Tierney. Like, we're not bringing back uh, this guy. We are not offering Tyler Ennis a contract for now. Because <laughs> for now. Another like, PTO, let's go. Yeah, there it is. So we'll see what happens. I don't know why Tyler Ennis loves it here so much. It's great. He's like, goes a PTO to come to Ottawa. Because he's had his best years here. I, I won't even lie. But so, since coming out from Buffalo, he tried to go to Edmonton to play on McDavid's line, which I don't, with all due respect to Tyler Ennis. Why would you do that? Why would you think that that is smart? Um, and he comes back here, and he's everyone loves him. Uh, so Tyler Ennis, congratulations. He just knows which team has the best vibes. It's true, exactly. Him and him and Nick Holden are like a probably a good match in the dressing room. There, they got great vibes. Probably him mm-hmm. and and uh, Nick Holden, and as well as a bunch of other guys. It was a lot of good vibes this year, and Tyler Ennis contributed to it. And I think for that, he gets the award as my favorite depth player. And that should wrap it up, but Josh has one final newly crafted. We switched award. it. We, did. we switched it. So Louis, Louis wanted to, Louis wrote himself an award that gave him the best uh, host of the Zoomcast. We switched it because we wanted to have a nice number of sixteen uh, awards. So we couldn't come up with a name, so we've called it the Touch Grass Award. It is for the worst recurring Twitter discourse. Um, the three or four finalists are the Michael Delzato discourse, NHL, and never called up until the last uh, month or so. Yeah, that was a weird one. Attendance discourse, which was seemingly yep. a monthly thing. Weekly. Um, yeah, weekly almost, yes. Uh, and then uh, the talk about Brandstrom every couple games, because, you know, he'd play well and then he'd play terrible and it'd be back and forth, and the talk would also be back and forth. Those are our three finalists. However, the unanimous winner is Tyler Boucher discourse. Um, just ridiculous. We're not even going to, we don't have to touch on what we think of him because, you know, we're not trying to, we're not making fun of him at all. He's still a good hockey player, but the discourse on sense Twitter is just insane. And I'm very glad that it's ended with the off season. Do you guys think that this is the winner too? I, I am once again going to say the correct stance on Tyler Boucher. The only correct stance is it would be very funny if he was good. Yes. yes. And you, I, I have no further opinions. Yep. And I think that that is, that is the opinion that has made me enjoy uh, Sen's Twitter and disconnect from that discourse. And I, I would recommend that more people take that stance. I think those are wise words. I think that is definitely the way to go. But 
this is an award show. So we are celebrating the best and worst moments of the year. And I think it was important to kind of pay homage to all of the fantastic discourse that we did have this year. And you know what? We, we give it an award. We call it the Touchgrass Award. But to be honest, without some of this discourse, I don't think a lot of us would have made it through this, this, this season. Hopefully there will be playoffs one day. <laughs> but until then, we will have the discourse to keep us going. And that is, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. That's the last award. Um, Beata, thank you so much for, for coming on and helping us out. Uh, that was a blast. Hopefully you don't sue us for too much money. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I don't tank your, uh, your ratings. I, oh. I did give you guys a shout out at Ascend's Twitter wedding last weekend. And oh, all the huge. funniest people on Sense Twitter were there. And I told them to listen to the Zoomcast. That's awesome. Because uh, cool. I was going to be there. I don't know if they'll listen to your other episodes. So you you'd essentially, well, that's okay. Their other episodes are probably not as good as this one. But the, uh, so does that mean that you're like our director of like marketing? Or yeah, to, like, basically. That's pretty sick. I don't know if we have money on the payroll for that, but we'll figure it we're out. We have to fire Noah. We're going to have to fire. Yeah, we have a buddy who doesn't do a very good job. And we're going to have to fire him. But, uh, but either way, thank you once again for coming on. This was fantastic. Um, and those were the Zoocast Awards. We worked kind of hard, not really, but we, we worked to get these done and ready. Um, this was fun for us. And we're definitely, assuming we're all still here next year, we're definitely going to do this again. Um, let us know any controversial opinions that you may have thought we had, anything we missed, maybe any honorable mentions. Um, but that's going to do it, man. That's it for the Zoobcast Awards. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully this was the best award show that you watched this week or this month. But uh, either way, uh, thanks once again for tuning in. And hopefully you guys have a nice rest of your day. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.